And the Odyssey continues. What's up, Dojo Nation? You're here with another episode of Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz, co-host Randy Griggs. <laughs> We're coming to you from Lot B, the Cigar Dojo Studio in the uh, smoky San Francisco Bay Area. Randy, how are you today? As you're smoking your cigar, it's a very good cigar. That we're yeah, I'm doing. Today. I'm doing quite well. We uh, we started with the cigars a little bit early, as we've been doing, and so Got far, seeing, Got it. yeah, it's part of the deal. But we're seeing great construction here. Um, yeah, I'm doing really well, and uh, excited to get into today's show. Really excited about this pairing. Okay, so we had a weird thing happen before the show. Started. Yes. So we always have the uh, the Topo Chico, Indeed. and as you can see, the top of mine is. Frozen, right? Like frozen to right about here. So we just popped these in the freezer for literally 10 minutes tops. <clears throat> Randy brings them out. Everything's fine. You, we cracked them open and just watched them freeze from the top all the way down to the bottom. It was so weird. Like and a now cloud just moving down yeah. the bottle. That, I've never seen that. Now I'm sure there's obviously some sort of scientific explanation behind it. I'm thinking aliens. <laughs> Which is very fitting for uh, for the uh, the cigar that we're smoking today. Indeed, it's, indeed. Uh, um, but anyway, it was just just the weirdest thing to watch it freeze in my hand, um, and it unfroze uh, relatively quickly. I mean, it's still got a little iceberg at the top there, but uh, it was just kind of interesting. I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah, I, I feel like it's something that I've I've seen like in those life hack videos that show up on Facebook, you know, or it's like five different life hacks. And one of them was how to freeze water really fast. And I remember seeing something like that, but I've, I've never seen it in person. And introducing oxygen was one of the ways. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you just uh, crack that sucker open and it flash freezes, uh, which was kind of frightening. But, um, so we are here. Letter I today. Indeed. It is letter I letter I as we were going to have to explain that as we go, because we got creative. Not really. No? I don't think so. Okay. I think this is pretty... Uh, well, this I think is it's a, the first time that we uh, incorporated the style, style of the beer yeah, as fair. the letter. Yeah. yeah. I, I think this is probably... And it's... This is probably easier to explain than going with the uh, the F, uh, the Fiorella, which uh, the was the, the name of the Vitola, right. which was getting a little bit squirrely, but whatever. I've already apologized for it, and, and I don't feel like I need to apologize for it, actually. <laughs> Um, so we are going with today the uh, Hot 10 from Illusione. I uh, hope Eric has a, a nice photo up on the screen for you guys to see. Yes. Um, now, this cigar was originally released as a 10th anniversary cigar for uh, Illusione, but we'll get into that back in 2016. And we're smoking the original Vitola, which is a Robusto Extra mm -hmm. or a Toro, depending on who you ask. Uh, it's a Robusto Extra. But if you ask Dion, oh, it's a Robusto we're, we're Extra. Over, we've got a, an overflow situation here. Wow. This is just, this science experiment just keeps getting weirder and weirder. Pardon me while I make a mess. I didn't realize that this was uh, for their 10th anniversary. Mm. I don't know what Hot 10 means. I thought it was Hot 10 before you had corrected me, in fact. It's, well, I don't even know if it's, if it's hot. Uh, it's a French word, and it means like oh. top. So like top 10. Is oh, kind of nice. is the the name that he was going for. Okay, it's yeah, it's a. a I'm learning something. Here. Yeah, there you go. And I didn't even have to reference my notes for that. Well done. What do you Rob. think about that? Well done. It's called being prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I do my research, Jack. <laughs> do my research. Nice. Um, so yeah, so we've got the Illusione Hot Ten, 
obviously the I comes from Illusione. And Randy, we've got uh, the Underground Mountain Imperial Brown Ale from Founders. That's right. That's right. So this is actually the second Founders beer that we've done on this show. Mm. We did the KBS, um, the Kentucky Breakfast Out for letter B, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I have double checked there. Uh, yes. I just said, yeah, I just kind of went with it. (laughs) Yeah, it was Uh, totally with B. So this is actually an Imperial Brown Ale brewed with coffee and it is bourbon barrel aged as well. My, my, my. Yeah. So this bad boy comes in at a whopping 11.9% ABV and 40 IBUs, international bittering units. Do IBUs really matter? In you, a you, stout, or do they matter at all? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a better question. You, you know what? If, if I may, the, the IBUs is uh, is is a very important um, uh, thing to monitor to know about a beer, but it's just one variable out of two that you really need to know how you're going to perceive it. So uh, your bitterness is measured in IBUs, but it all is so dependent on how much residual sweetness whether or not you actually perceive that bitterness. So at 11.9, this actually has quite a bit of residual sweetness. Um, and so it does not come off as bitter at all. But I think that the 40 is important because I don't find that this comes off as overly sweet either. Mm. I think it, I think they uh, offset themselves pretty well. It's It, it leans towards sweet for sure. Um, but it could be, as I was telling you, you know... Um, in preparation for the show, I actually paired this uh, in my free time with another beer uh, that was only 9% and very malt forward, but much, much sweeter. And it uh, overpowered the cigar. Uh, so um, anyhow, this is not as sweet as that 9% beer. Mm. Uh, so I think the IBUs matter somewhat. Yeah, truth be told, we um, <clears throat> went back and forth on the pairing with this Um so we figured with I, maybe we would do an IPA. And my initial thought was to do Illusione Epernay, one of my mm. all-time favorites, yes. which uh, was blended to pair with champagne and go with a Brut IPA. Uh, Brut IPA uses champagne yeast, does it not? It does. Uh, so that would have been kind of a cool little thing. And maybe we'll do another show like that a little bit later. Um, we didn't do that for a couple of reasons. main thing is uh, Brut IPAs kind of came and went. They're not really, uh, yeah. That would and they're more of a summertime release. Yeah. I, I knew that the one that I had referenced was Sierra Nevada, just because I knew that they did one mm-hmm. and I knew we could find it. But as you said, that was a, a spring, release, spring, uh, release, spring yeah. seasonal. So um, <clears throat> I like brewed IPAs actually. They're a bit more crisp, a bit more mm-hmm. dry, I guess, mm-hmm. um, but still have that bitterness. Uh, that's for another time. We're not drinking one of those today, but. Um, we did uh, went back and forth, and we were really close to going with an IPA uh, to pair with this Hot 10 until uh, just before showtime. I threw Randy a curveball. I brought these with me, and I thought, you know what? Maybe we'll do this. And we cheated a little bit and while we were smoking the cigar in advance. But I'm pull, pulling back the curtain. Randy's giving me a look. Yeah. Um, but I we this was all pre, no, pre-production. Well, but it is. But it's. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, if you were pairing like, if you were just pairing a. A beer normally. I mean, this is the kind of thing that you would do, right? Um, and so we, we we were smoking the cigar, and it was a lot spicier than I remembered. It has mm-hmm. since calmed down, but uh, then we decided to go back to this pairing. <coughs> so anyway, that's neither really neither near here nor there. But I like to go forward with full transparency, Randy, because I respect our audience. Well done, well done. We are here to educate. Something we talked about originally. Educate the ourselves. Show, right? uh, yeah, no, it's why it's so fun to do the show is because we are learning as we go, and mm. uh, hopefully our uh, pre-show research as you've done such a good job this time of doing <laughs> for once uh, <laughs> no that was last episode this one not so much um, no it, it, it is um, it's something we talk a lot about you know we, we are bound by the letters but we are trying to deliver uh, a pairing that would be interesting and intriguing for people to follow along and uh, try out for themselves um, so we are somewhat careful to uh, not um, overpower or uh, either the beer or the cigar in these uh, pairings. Um, so yeah, we want to go with, with. Yeah, we want to go with uh, <clears throat> kind of the letter of the law, so to speak, for the show. But I don't think we want to be too dogmatic about it, mm-hmm. where we can try to 
we should have some bad pairings, and we've had a couple that were, eh, we'll probably have some that are, like, awful. It's going to happen, but we've tried to avoid that, maybe selfishly. Um, uh, Mostly selfishly. Yeah. (laughs) There's no maybe about it. It's totally (laughs) selfish. Um, So, yeah, so we're going with the Hot 10 and this uh, Imperial Brown Ale uh, from Founders. Uh, Founders has kind of expanded, and we talked about this before when we did the KBS uh, their barrel program a lot over yeah. the last few years. And I think this one is a seasonal, yeah? Yes. Uh, so this one comes out once a year between September and November. Mm. As you so succinctly which pointed is exactly out, which where is we are. When it is right now. Isn't that weird? Figure. It's crazy how that yeah. worked out. Yeah. So um, so as I said, and I, I, I got to do a correction here because otherwise I'll have to do it later in the, in the chat. It's 30 IBUs. Mm. I was referencing the other beer we were going to do when I said 40. It is a 11.9% ABV, 30 IBUs. It is uh, Imperial Brown Ale with Sumatran coffee specifically added to the beer post-fermentation. And then it is aged in bourbon barrels in caves under the Grand Rapids. (laughs) That's beautiful. Um, So I, I kind of made a joke about this while we were uh, getting ready for the show when you're barrel aging something and i mean it's in a barrel and we've talked about micro oxidation that's something we've discussed in a, in a show previously where you age it as long as the temperature is consistent doesn't really matter right yeah and maybe that's why they reference the grand rapids is uh that if you're um you know, in a, I'm I'm curious to see the marketing side of you explain why the Grand Rapids matter at all. Well, no, if you're if if you're in a cave in Colorado, um, you might have more temperature fluctuation. Maybe under the Grand Rapids, they they're boasting a more consistent temperature uh, for the aging, giving a more. <laughs> This is this is this is fantastic. Keep going. I want the words to matter. <laughs> You're the one that always says words matter. Oh, they totally matter. Uh, so uh, I think the Grand Rapids don't, but <laughs> the words do. Yeah, no. So, uh, so anyhow, it is bourbon barrel aged. It's a very good beer. I've had uh, <clears throat> this is uh, they come in six packs, I believe, um, and this is my second six pack this season. Yeah. Oh wow. I picked it up a while ago. I, I, I feel like I picked this up um, when we were thinking about doing a brown ale for B. And I bought it just because I saw it. Yep. And I'm impulsive like that. And uh, and I cracked one open. I thought, wow, this is really good. I, I'd even messaged everybody in the... Uh, we have a little uh, text message group going. And I messaged everybody. I was like, dude, you guys need to find this because this beer is phenomenal. pairs really, really well with cigars because it, it features some sweetness. Mm-hmm. Not overly sweet. Not at all. But a uh, nice coffee flavor. Coffee mm-hmm. with cigars is a no-brainer. Um, plus, it's beer. <laughs> I mean, these are all good things. Yeah. These are all good things. Uh, so to get into the cigar a little bit, um, <clears throat> so Hot 10 was, and, and I assume it's hot. It may be hot. I don't know. I always call it Hot 10. If it's French, I, I'm, I'm guessing your pronunciation is correct. You know? Oh, yeah, because you, um, you helped. You fought in the French Revolution, right? <laughs> <laughs> I say a couple <laughs> cool things I've got to do in my life, and it just becomes a, a, a sounding board for you to tease. Oh, of course, of course. Um, <laughs> so, hot ten. J'habitais uh, à Paris pour neuf semaines et apprendi français. That means I I lived in France for nine weeks, and and I did learn a little French. Is that the only phrase that you remember? Pretty much. Nice <laughs> baguette. <laughs> French fries, not, not, not French. Uh, oh, pâté's good. Um, anyway, Hot 10 originally released in this uh, Robusto Extra size, 5.5 by 52, not a Toro, Robusto Extra, um, in 2016 as uh, the 10th anniversary cigar, kind of celebrating the 10th anniversary of Illusione cigars. Um, more recently, and this was in April of 2018, uh, there was line extension. So um, two line extensions, I should say. Right. A uh, a Gordo. This is six by fifty six, which is a size you said you you didn't really, you weren't really. Uh, you know, down I, with. I I still haven't smoked the Churchill, but the and the uh, Churchill being the other, it's a, oh, sorry, yeah, it's a six and three quarters by uh, forty eight. Uh, but that being said, I, I smoked a Gordo 
day before yesterday. And to me, the, the, I'm sorry, the Grand Robusto? Robusto Extra. Robusto Extra. Robusto Extra uh, drives that flavor that I know of this cigar um, so succinctly. This is, this is the right Vitola for this cigar, in my opinion. Again, I haven't had the Churchill, uh, but I do prefer this size over the Gordo for sure. This, uh, so like I said, this was the initial um, size it was released in. Comes in boxes of twelve. There's one hidden underneath the uh, the beers here, and there is a graphic. I'm going to show it to you guys, even though I don't know what the hell it is or what it means. But it's this. I, I read somewhere that this is the the Great Pyramid, but I don't know if it's if I don't know what that means. So it's got like a circle with an eye and other stuff it looks like a crop circle kind of scenario mm, I, yeah it is what it looks like so yeah, th- there's a whole vibe with the illusioni brand it's very kind of conspiracy theory <clears throat> alien-esque yeah. ki- kind of like vibe to it yeah there the website used to be and i think it's changed now um it used to be just like a bunch of redacted documents and you kind of have to nice. look your way through to find the information if memory serves i remember a bunch of redacted documents on the website uh dion's a cool dude uh, Dion Giolito, he's the uh, owner and um, uh, of uh, Illusione. Also of a, uh, he has a cigar shop in Reno called Fumare. And uh, that's kind of where he got his start. And he was, uh, I think Illusione started as like a house brand. Sure. His, uh, his initial uh, right, cigar. Right. And it, 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 makes it, sense. it got a lot of uh, publicity, notoriety, and then, you know, things have gone on from there. And I've said this many times. Um, I think he's the best blender in the industry. Actually, no, I don't think I've ever said that out loud. And those you said it to me in those exact terms, because there are a lot of blenders uh, out there that I think make phenomenal cigars. Um, Rob's got a bit of a man crush on Dion, and I got to witness it at IPCPR when we interviewed. Who would him. who would be? Um, this is a total random question, and this is like, this is kind of fun. I think people have done this on websites and stuff. I think Coop did one or whatever. Like, who would be your Mount Rushmore of blenders? Man, for me, I know. I'm Go. What do you got? Uh, I've got two. Nick Melillo is mm. someone that I follow closely. Um, I mean, there's a lot of personal connections. Like, we have a lot of similar interests. We haven't had a ton of time to spend together and, like, chat. But just kind of um, studying the brand from afar. Um you know, I'm really into reggae music and and kind of that that kind of righteous feel that that he brings through, through music and going back. He's a big history buff, which I thoroughly appreciate and uh, and enjoy uh, watching interviews. How he really tries to tie in historical, uh, meaningful things into his cigar <clears throat> branding, into the naming conventions. Um, I've got a ton of respect for Sokka as well. Uh, you know, both those guys developed. I was a big Liga guy right when I got into cigars. and uh, Obviously, Skip has, and the Roma stuff is phenomenal, in my opinion. I smoke all of, I celebrate the man's entire catalog. catalog. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, and honestly, a lot of the newer guys are, are, I'm big on. You know, something I think we've both... You know how many faces are on Mount Rushmore? Uh, four. Okay. So, so we've got Melillo, <laughs> Sokka, uh, Skip. Oh, shit, man. I might be... Oh, sorry. It's all right. Um, I'm comfortable with it. <laughs> um, I've, been, I've been thoroughly impressed. Recently, I've been getting into a lot of the Perdomo stuff, which is mm. something I overlooked uh, uh, early on. Um, been a big fan of the Perdomo stuff. Um, obviously, um, you know, I don't know exactly what came pre or post Hector, but I think uh, Espinosa, I like that they cover a lot of range. And Oh, but no, Don Pepin Garcia has got to be on my Mount Rushmore, though. Yeah, okay, it's tough. I'm, I, I have not. What about Carlito? Okay, this was not <laughs> part of the pre-planning See, of this I, show at all. No, I was it wasn't not at prepared all. It was total this. curveball. <laughs> I, I think for me it would be uh, it's Dion Pete. Um, oh, how? Do you, <clears throat> yeah, how'd you forget Pete? How do you leave Pete off? Um, and then Dion and Pete. I think that would be my. Wow! Uh, uh, <laughs> Did you I'm, say? I'm gonna. I'm just Dion gonna. And Pete, I'm, I'm and gonna. Dion and Pete? I'm gonna clone those guys, <laughs> and that's gonna be my top four. That's that's a cop out response. <laughs> it is a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going with Dion and Pete. I don't know. There's two spots open. I have to. Uh, 
much like the Giants, I'm going to take my time finding my. Uh, my <laughs> we'll put Gabe Kapler up there, <laughs> and uh, that's a di- that's a different <laughs> mount. That's a different mount. Yeah. Rushmore, bro. We are um, uh, as I've I've already said, we are pre-recording this show. Yes. And the reason I bring that up is because ah. today, actually, uh, today, the day that we're recording the show, I posted on Facebook that uh, the Giants were having Gabe Kapler in for a second interview. As, <laughs> like, it could actually happen. I feel like they're actually interviewing him to be their GM. Uh, and they're going to, the bench coach from the Astros uh, is going to be Espada, I believe is his last name, is going to be their next manager. But that's uh, neither here nor there. The World Series has not been decided as far as we know, but. I decided at the beginning when I said it was going to be the Astros in six, and it certainly that would happen tonight if it happens, right? <clears throat> it's tomorrow, tomorrow night, Tuesday night. Okay. Uh, now everyone knows exactly when we're recording. Doesn't matter. Um, well, you also threw out there that we are uh, yeah, in I'm, smoky Northern California. Yeah, I'm, I'm in another. Yeah, I'm in another country. I'm on the beach right now. It's great. Which country will you be in? Uh, uh, Oi. Uh, Davis I'll probably be in Thailand by the time this is on. Wow. Yeah. Man, I hear such great things about Thailand. I hope you have a fantastic time. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Me too. I'm excited. Um, Can we give a shout out, shout out to the lovely Dana Rasmussen mm-hmm. who allows Rob to come and hang out with me in my garage and put this wonderful podcast on for, for all those out there in Dojo Land? We appreciate we appreciate you, Dana. <laughs> yes, that's Much all ra- love. Well, I'll raise a glass to my wife. <laughs> she is uh, she's a beautiful woman. She's very patient. Um, she has to be exactly. Um, that was a prerequisite for the for the job during the, the interviews. It was uh, we had to talk about her um, her patience because wow, I am not easy to deal with. But um, let's. Uh, Talking about beards. Yeah, we've managed to get about 20 (laughs) minutes into the show talking about a whole bunch of stuff. So this cigar for me, when I first smoked it, the first one I smoked was the the Churchill. And it's not a a cheap cigar. It is, um, I mean, they range from, depending on where you are with taxes and stuff, like 16 to 19 bucks. And I think when when I got the Churchill was... This was when I was working with uh, Mombacho at the time. I was on the road somewhere, and I was smoking the. Pretty sure it was the Churchill. No, the timing doesn't make isn't right. I was smoking the. the That's this. what I. Yeah, was I was smoking say this size. You I have smoked the Churchill though, but the first one that I smoked was this size, and uh, I don't remember what shop I was in, or where I was. Doesn't really matter, I guess. But I was just blown away by the cigar, yeah. and every place I went to after that, I looked to see if they had it and how much it was, and I bought one almost every place that I went to. And I smoked on that trip. I probably smoked more <laughs> of this than of the brand that I was working for at the time. <laughs> Not to say anything bad about their cigars. Mombacho cigars are great. Uh, this is just, I got a little bit hooked on this for probably about a month. I smoked way too many of them. Uh, and like I said, it's not a cheap cigar. This falls into that ultra premium category yeah. of, uh, you know, 18 to $20 cigars. So you're not going to, it's not a daily smoke, but, you know, in a 12 count box, it's not unapproachable as far as price point is concerned, and it can. Uh, I mean, maybe the box price. Yeah, you, know, I mean, yeah. you pick up a box of twelve, and you're not smoking them on a regular basis. But I could. Cause it's it's very elegant. Mm. Um, well said. A lot of spice up front, mm-hmm. cedary notes. Um, <clears throat> it's a little bit creamy in the texture, for me. Uh, the spice has really calmed down halfway through the cigar. But uh, that that creamier texture, it's almost like a white chocolate kind of sweetness. Mm. Maybe that's overstating it. Um, more like a sugar cane, I think. Uh, more earthy kind of, you know. Uh, but I could, uh, and some cedary notes, that kind of stuff. It's just, um, it's a, it's this is a special cigar, man. I could I could really smoke this all the time. And I was worried that we were gonna blow it out, blow it out with this beer, but I yeah, I don't like. think uh, I don't think that's the case. Well. If, if you don't mind, I, I hate to call you out. I believe this is two consecutive shows. Mm. Can I ask you to uh, be more descriptive than spicy? <coughs> yes, you can. Give me a moment. Mm. If you'd like, I can talk about the spice I'm no, picking up. No, no, like, for me, it's, it's it. more like a, it's like a baking spice, yeah. not like a cinnamon, right. uh, like a sweeter spice. I need to move my microphone. I feel like I'm leaning over to the left a lot. Um, <coughs> Like, I feel like I'm, I'm over here like this, and I'm just not comfortable. And if I'm not comfortable, they're not going to be comfortable, and it's uncomfortable. Nobody wants to be uncomfortable. 
Um, we want you to be comfortable watching this show. Exactly. So more like a uh, like a baking spice, yeah. And but the heat is more like a white pepper on the retro for yeah. me. Yeah. Because it is it is a little bit hot. It started out super hot up front when I first started the cigar, almost like a red pepper spice, okay. like really really hot. Yeah, that's what I was picking um, up when you said hot. Yeah. And um, but it has, like I said, calmed down as as things tend to do with uh, cigars like this. I didn't even get into the blend yet. Uh, now that we're talking about that, um, it has a Cafe Claro Corojo wrapper and Cafe Cafe Claro Corojo wrapper. Well done. Nice. I see it's in there. Uh, Nicaraguan binders and fillers, mainly uh, Criollo ninety eight and Corojo ninety nine. This is a Agonorsa. Oh, I ignore so tobacco blend. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, and that is where the cigar is produced at the Tapsa factory in Nicaragua. Right. Um, but, you know, thank you for pointing out the spicy because I hate it when I just say something is spicy. So I appreciate you pointing that out. I knew you'd like that. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree because we have talked about that before because so often uh, Nicaraguan tobacco specifically uh, has that black pepper. Where it's, we it's, talked about it in our last episode. Burn. Yeah, yeah exactly. the last episode with that Esteli Lajero. Oh, that's um, right. Yep. That I, well, I was assuming that was Esteli Lajero in the... Herrera Esteli yes. Brazilian. Yes. Uh, I assume that there From is some, some Esteli Lajero in there because it yeah. had that, that big, excuse me, black pepper in your face... Right. Um, uh, strength and uh, strength of flavor there from uh, you get from that that uh, Esteli Lajero specifically. No, I, I I fully agree with you. You know, I I think you use the word sophisticated uh, to to describe this cigar. And I said elegant, but same elegant. Thing. That's what I not the that's same what I heard thing, you say. Sophisticated uh, is a little too pinkies up. Yeah, for me. no, no, no. Sounds no, very no, mm, no, yes, no. very sophisticated. <laughs> mm. No, I think elegant is uh, a good term. Um, if you haven't had a chance to smoke this cigar. Um, it is uh, kind of a, a bit of a softer <coughs> spice character that's definitely white pepper, uh, maybe some kind of nutmeg, allspice, a little bit of cinnamon maybe, um, but but definitely those that baking spice realm more so than the uh, black pepper or, mm. or red chili flake. And, and you're right, it has calmed down. It was a little bit, um, ha- had a little more bite from the, from the spice in the uh, first third. And as we've gotten halfway through this cigar, uh, it has leaned more into those cedar and, and baking spice characteristics. I totally agree. Yeah, it just—it's getting this nice, creamy body uh, that picks up as, at least for me, as the cigar goes on. The smoke is really thick. Yeah, the smoke output isn't like a Drew Estate where it's—I mean, those—it's—I don't know what Drew Estate. I don't know how they do it, but now, now that you're doing this, a ton of smoke is coming out. But the smoke production on their cigars is amazing. This has just a thicker feel. Yeah, of the smoke. I, yeah, you know what I mean. I, I think this is a high smoke producer. That's yeah, why I did that. Yeah, to maybe prove it is you wrong. Thank you. <laughs> um, Appreciate that. No, uh, again, as I started the show by pointing out, I had a full inch of ash, and and we're in a highly ventilated area. We got kind of a wind tunnel going in here, and uh, we're moving around a lot, talking a lot, and I, I believe that if you were sitting calmly. You, you'd be able to produce a good three inch ash on this thing mm-hmm. uh, without a problem. The the draw is is perfect in in my opinion. It's not loose. It's not tight. It's just slightly to the tight side of of right down the middle, which is what I would consider perfect. Um, has a great great production uh, coming out of Tapsa there. Full flavor, definitely full flavor. A lot of complexities, and you 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 could talk about layer upon layer of flavor, um, which is uh, not to spill the beans on on how I'm going to vote later by any means. They but, already know, but the complexity of the beer, the lack of um, residual sweetness. There's no lingering sweetness from the beer, which is virtually. Uh, it's a, it's surprising if nothing else coming from a twelve percent almost beer um i think that the intensity can we get into the pairing sure i i, I just i mean you're rolling right yeah, into that's it fine. sorry let's do it um so the intensity honestly i think is um medium to full which is not what i would necessarily expect from this cigar um i almost thought this was going to be uh lighter intensity but 
there's so much smoke there's so much flavor it does kind of drive the intensity up on that even though there's not the maduro or, or darker characteristics i i feel oh, like there is a pretty good strong intensity from this cigar honestly more so than the gordo and i think that's part of why i said i prefer this vitola is i i feel that has a lower intensity in general um so as far as the intensity of the both the beer and the cigar um they're both in the medium plus uh category and in the flavor i think they're both very complex they're both damn near full in Mm -hmm. in flavor on on both the liquid and the cigar i would agree i don't know what the flavor hook is or if there is one or if there needs to be one um for me the um and one thing i'll go back and correct you on since we're since we're doing that now (laughs) um you had referenced uh you know that possibly people haven't smoked the cigar 150 (laughs) percent of our audience if you guys haven't picked up the cigar Rob's I have, if perception it's, of, of percentages is well, it's slightly a, off it's a and he thinks now. everybody smokes just like he does <laughs> and, and I'd like to point out he's worked in the cigar industry for a decade mm. I'm thinking that there are people that haven't necessarily smoked every single cigar you have uh, or to the level that you have it's, just throwing it out it, it's it, a, it might be. it's a bit now and it's it's like I go into every episode and I think how can, when like I'm looking for my avenue to bring up 150 percent. Okay. And um, that was the one for today. Yeah. Well, I hope that 150 percent of you have smoked this because if you haven't yet, I recommend that yeah, you do yeah, so because it. yeah, honestly, even at the higher price point, uh, I've I've I'm a bit of a crazy uh, cigar. Um, hoarder, hoarder. I'm not a is hoarder. The term. A hoarder doesn't smoke so what they that's, buy. That's fair. I haven't yet got to everything that I've bought. I'm that's working different. on it. Um, I bought these back in 2015, <laughs> before yeah, I, I knew I like cigars. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't smoked Still long enough it. to actually be a hoarder yet. Um, so, uh, to me though, but I have. I have gone the extra mile and spent some money and, and bought some of the uh, higher price point <clears> cigars just to see. Um, you know, cause there's so many phenomenal cigars available for six to $9, honestly, yeah. that, it, that I'm yeah. really curious. What does a cigar that, that costs three times that, uh, taste like, is it three times more enjoyable flavor wise? Uh, and I, I, I've come back from my research at least with a resounding, uh, no, not all of them are. And so I, I, I have, um, picked up some you know twenty dollar sticks and even more than that and even at the higher price point uh this is a a cigar that is a must try in my opinion if you enjoy premium tobacco man this this is a a really great expression of flavor without going into those over-the-top heavy big cigars uh or or necessarily tracking down you know what uh certain publications will tell you is the best cigar in the world or regardless of what it's rated and don't get me wrong this is an extremely highly rated cigar yeah i i think (laughs) that was funny you're using that example (laughs) like well wait a second this was like in the top 10 of everything and 98s and all kinds on the dojo it's got a 96 yeah literally i heard about this brand and only purchased this brand because it was i think at the time that i got into and, and found cigar dojo uh, this was, I believe, the number one highest-rated cigar in their uh, mm. in their total re- um, uh, review archive uh, on CigarDojo.com. You'll see on the right-hand side there's like an archive of the top-rated cigars uh, from the site, and uh, this held the number one spot for a while. I'm not sure that it's still at number one. I think it's still up towards the top. I it think might it's not be still in the top anymore, three. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, Anyhow, it is a fantastic cigar, the Hot Ten, and um, so I've, I've got a question. Yes, um, we've kind of we've already gone Thanks into the pairing, and I think we we know where we're going to go with that, but we can uh, get into it in a minute. So this this beer <clears throat> is called Underground Mountain Brown. There's no eyes in there, but it's an Imperial Brown, 
And there's Imperial IPA. There's Imperial everything. What makes? What is the? Is there like a specific classification? I know it's it's ABV for the most part, but what is the delineation for? A regular brown and then an imperial brown. Thank you so much for asking that, Rob. I should have prepped you with that. It's like you read my mind here. Uh, I've, I've said on this show before, I became a beer judge at 21 um, as I was learning about craft beer. So I became a, a beer judge very early. And in you my, invented the chocolate stout. I was there. And that fought day. in the French Revolution. <laughs> you were a chocolatier. Now, Say, do, do chocolatiers, uh, do you have a sword? Chocolatiers do not carry swords. It's a musketeer. That would be a musketeer. Do musketeers carry muskets? <laughs> you know, I just thought the same thing. Uh, no, this so. is what we could do this all day. And <laughs> I, I don't know if this is even entertaining. Uh, I'm enjoying myself. On this myself. show, I feel like more than any we've done so far, we've just invited you into just me and Rob in. hanging out. <laughs> come on. Come hang out. Okay, but to, but I digress. Yes, yes. So to get back, what makes it imperial? Well, well. So Imperial is, is a classification of a bigger, stronger version of an original style. Uh, so you see Imperial a lot of times, you know, and, and if I can diverge a little bit to a Please soapbox do. moment, as I like to oh do. Um, when, uh, when Russian River developed the first double IPA, it was actually Blind Pig at the time. What's now known as kind of like the first double IPA, uh, Pliny the Elder really gets that title. Because uh, it's more recognizable. Uh, double is a misnomer that just causes confusion. Mm. I don't call anything a double anything. There's no such thing as a double IPA to me. Just like there wouldn't be a double brown ale. Uh, imperial is the correct term in, in proper judging circles of a stronger ABV, which is immediately going to indicate higher levels of the ingredients which gives a more strong flavor, whether it be the malts, whether it be the hops. So um, I call it an imperial IPA, not a double IPA, because, uh, you know, what I think I've mentioned, I, I worked for years and years in homebrew shops, and what I get a lot of times is, uh, you know, homebrewers coming in and, and asking these questions, and even consumers, when you use the word double, they say, well, what's double? Is the Are the hops double the dosage of a of a regular you know for this with a brown ale is it double the alcohol of a brown ale it's not necessarily can be uh, but not necessarily twice the quantity but more so nothing's necessarily doubled um, it's just a stronger more uh, flavorful and higher alcohol version of an original style so to say imperial brown ale you look at it you know the style guidelines for a brown ale and you think a bigger stronger version that's really all imperial is uh, you know indicative of so like to me i've always thought <clears throat> two things i've always thought of a double ipa i always think of it as double is because it's imperial ipa it's two eyes so the double ipa that's why I've, that's the way i've always thought of it good for you like two different two eyes like i double. like that better than the original because you're not yeah, i've never thought of it as doubling um anything well because you you actually understand these recipes and you know that it's not twice as yeah. much grain and, and i've always yeah. Hops, yeah and I've, I've always thought and i just like to say dippa that's uh, fun double ipa um, dippa. but i've always thought of a double ipa is anything like any ipa that's like above nine nine percent and above uh i, would, I don't know if that's i would that's tell, how i've always thought of it i would tell you that for ipa specifically it's eight percent is it really yeah that's what hmm. uh pliny is uh pliny is nine isn't it it's eight point oh Hmm. Yeah, so anything basically I would tell you, and I don't... Looking to see if you had one, because I'm pretty sure it's nine. Okay, it's eight. Uh, <laughs> um, so when I, when I look at, you know, labels, uh, personally, because this is what I've done with my entire adult life, I try to look past how the beer is marketed to me. And so whether you call it a pale ale, a session IPA, an IPA, a double IPA, a triple IPA... I kind of look past that and just look at it at the ABV. I taste it. I smell it. And, and I, I'll tell you what it should be judged as. Um, as I've mentioned on this show before, beer judging is a very um, objective uh, task where flavor is so subjective. Mm. Where, you know, you actually said not 
cinnamony with this cigar. I would tell you, I think cinnamon is a relevant uh, descriptor that you might actually pick up some cinnamon characters as you're trying to identify those uh, baking spices. And that's going to be dependent on each of our experience growing up and, and, and what we've been accustomed to and, and calibrated um, with our palate from the foods and beverages that we've eaten and drinking in our life. But uh, beer judging uh, through the BJCP, the Beer Judge Certification Program, is very objective where a style guideline is written and it's indic- it dictates very specifically what the ranges are, what mm. the appropriate flavors are, what the appropriate flavors aren't. And so uh, what you'll find, you know, we, we I know uh, Eric and Jordan have been out to the Great American Beer Festival that takes place out there in Denver, uh, real close to the guys. Um do you want to give their address? No, not so much. Um, <laughs> but they do live in Lakewood. No, I'm kidding. Um, the, uh, the, the, the way that a brewery will market their beer and the way that they'll uh, submit it into, uh, into a competition isn't necessarily the same. So you could actually take your pale ale and compete it in the IPA category mm. if you feel like it'll um, be judged against that style guideline more appropriately to get you a high score. Oh. That's why we compete, right? We're trying to win. So um, so Imperial Brown on this I think is very uh, appropriate given the flavor profile and the ABV that, that they bring out with this. You could also put this in barrel-aged beer, which is a little bit more general of a category. But uh, Imperial Brown would probably be better to go like if you wanted to win. I don't think of too many Imperial Browns. There's probably a ton of barrel-aged stuff. That yeah, no, you, you might right, be right because actually, you know, as you, as you mentioned that, <clears throat> we've, we've done some bourbon barrel-aged beers on this show before where we felt like the bourbon was a contributing flavor mm. characteristic where I don't think it's dominant in this beer. Yeah. It's more of a subtle complexity that maybe you, you know, if I were to just drink this blind and... Uh, you know, if Rob had just poured me a glass and said, what do you think of this? I don't know that I would necessarily identify this tastes barrel aged to me. Uh, I think it's maybe more of a subtle complexity that you pick up on, but don't necessarily like get overwhelmed. Like, wow, there's a huge bourbon character here. You yeah. know, I, I would agree that it's not overpowering. Um, I do taste it. Uh, <clears throat> but the fact that it's not overpowering is one thing I think makes it such a great pairing here um and with on that note let's uh, dial it back and get into the pairings and That's just as an fyi i looked it up and pliny is eight percent i would have swore that it was nine when it comes to beer i'll never doubt you i was again. gonna say you were really gonna Ever. question me oh, no i actually i i was you were over there talking and i kind of smiled at the camera i was like i'm gonna prove randy wrong and no i was wrong um it's it's uh oddly unsettling um <laughs> But this pairing, to me, works on a whole bunch of levels. I don't know that I can point to the flavor hook. The intensity, mm-hmm. I think, is right on. Um, mm-hmm. The cigar is not... We, we call it full flavor. Yeah. It's not an obvious, in-your-face full flavor as some full-flavored cigars can be. It's... I think it's... it's um, and some people might smoke it and write it off as like, yeah, that there wasn't a ton of flavor in there. Like I, I think you kind of have to focus on it a bit it's a it's just a bit more nuanced and the flavor is there and there's a ton of it but i think if you're you could do a bit of a disservice if you're smoking on the golf course or something where where you're not really i would i mean and if you're smoking 20 dollars cigars on the golf course cheers to you but um i mean this is a cigar that i think uh it deserves uh your attention Mm -hmm. sit down nice pairing Probably just with uh, the first time you have it, go with you know a Topo Chico, something like that. So it's not really going to impact the flavor too much, and you can really get a full experience. Uh, for me, this pairing is a, a very, very enthusiastic uh, five thumbs up, hundred and fifty percent thumb. Um, and now Eric has <coughs> to find a graphic for five give, give thumbs us, up. Give <laughs> us a whole bunch of thumbs. No, this is uh, this is really, really good. I was worried about it. I'm glad that we stuck with it, and. Um, this this beer it's it's going to be available nationwide I would assume, and uh, now's the time to find it. 
this is going to go this is going to pair pretty well with a lot of uh, a lot of cigars a lot of maduros out there are going to pair really well with this i think uh, a lot of your bigger spicier cigars are going to pair really well with this a little more that sweetness will come out of the beer uh, even though it's not overly sweet there is some sweetness in there uh, so I think there's a lot of different pairings you could do with this. Don't be afraid with the fact that it's barrel aged because it's not, like you said, uh, super, super bourbony or boozy. Uh, it's it's very well balanced for an imperial barrel aged beer. You expect that to just blow you out, but it really doesn't. Absolutely. No, I, I agree entirely. Uh, I also will give this a thumbs up. Um, How many? J- just, just one. Just one because we agreed on that, dude. Because <laughs> that's the... That's the whole model of the, the show. Breaking scoring system. <laughs> um, so I give it a thumbs up. I I, I think that the uh, I think the oaky character uh, from the barrel mm. aging is, is more uh, prevalent than the bourbon character that came that was absorbed then uh, to to the beer from the bar- bourbon barrel. Um, I think it pairs really well with the the woody notes um, as. Rob so appropriately uh, pointed out it's very cedar, uh, which is a little bit of a sweeter wood where the, where the oak is a little bit of a, of a clean uh, wood character. Uh, I think I think honestly the wood might be the darn yeah uh, that probably makes the, that makes the most thing. sense. I'm no. curious to see how long is it doesn't say on here anywhere how long this was barrel aged and I don't think it, it doesn't on, say on the website it doesn't say it would it wouldn't surprise me if it was only. Maybe three, three to, months. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say three to six a, months. A lot of them are barrel aged for a year, and that's mm-hmm. when you really get hit with that. Like the KBS, I think, is barrel aged for a year, a yeah, full year. Yeah. And you really get that. I mean, that is right, whipping you right up in the face. Mm-hmm. This is much more subtle. Uh, and it wouldn't, again, it wouldn't surprise me if it was only three months. And I guess if I only did it for three months, I probably wouldn't put it on the bottle either because it just doesn't sound great. Six months sounds better. But. I think in this case, that is a big benefit for pairing it with cigars. Right. And, and to your point, the KBS, which is a viscous mm. a motor oil consistency, you know, that super thick liquid uh, probably can absorb a lot more of that oak without it taking over all the flavor uh, profile. I think with an imperial brown, it is a little bit of a lighter flavored style, I mean, versus an imperial style. Uh and so, uh, yeah, I, I think that would be more appropriate for the style and just happens to be going extremely well with this cigar. This is, to me, I'm going to put this on my calendar as a, as I said, this is the first time I've ever had this beer. Um, and it'll be on my calendar as something I'll seek out between September and November of next year and I'll look to pull out a Hot 10 and maybe a few other beer yeah. uh, cigars that, that might pair really well with it. I could, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff off the top of my head. Um <clears throat> Just about any of those Drew Estate Unicos would be a fun pairing here. Um, I think there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of Tatuajes would be a nice pairing. I'd like to pair this with like the bulk of the Monster series. Just kind of go through and do like a Monster series pairing with. You want to show your letter again? I don't. <laughs> it's 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 over there. It works. Um, we should have done the uh, for the. Well, we haven't done J yet. You want to pull out the Jason? Yeah. Let's do that. Do you even have any Jasons? I do. Do you? I do. Well, yeah, you should bring some over and I'll... I'll that would be... That would actually I'll be a fun... I'll smoke some uh, of your Jasons and let you know if I think they should be on the show. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> that would... Be, I, I've got half a box left, I think. Really? Uh, of the original release I was and then... Say, and those can't be new if you've got... No, no, no. Half a box of Jasons. Well, the ori- they only released once. The original release is kind of redundant, but... Um, oh, really? Yeah. So, so uh, we're, well, we've gone a little bit long. So uh, thanks for hanging with us. We uh, we had a little bit of fun today. What? <laughs> that was rude. What's up? Uh, it it was just a, a, a thought process I had in my head. I was trying to think what's going to be on uh, Smoke Night Live that we hadn't mentioned, but I don't think we actually. You know, I I looked and uh, there is not a, a show booked yet. Okay. As of uh, our recording date. Right. Uh, this is because we will be what? This is the week after La Zona Palooza. This will air on <coughs> November 13th. Yes. So for the 15th, I don't think that there is uh, a finalized guest yet. Okay. That I am aware of. So uh, just know that there will be an episode yes. of Smoke Night so Live this Friday, Friday on the night. 15th. There you go. Uh, but I don't see that there is uh, is a guest lined up that uh, I've been made aware of yet. So 
Um, that was what I was, one of the times I was looking at my phone. But, um, yeah, this was a great pairing. Absolutely phenomenal cigar. Really fun beer for pairing uh, with, uh, got a myriad of cigars. I could, I could sit here for 20 minutes and just spout off cigars that I think would pair well with this. You know, you could go something that's sweeter. You could go something that's spicier. You could go something that's elegant and with layers of flavor like this, uh, this hot 10. But if you, um, if you haven't checked out Illusione cigars yet, I, you they should take two places on Rob's yeah, Mount like Rushmore. There's, so yeah. Dion's heads up there them. twice. Come on now. <laughs> no, there's I, there, there are I, the, he, Dion takes tobaccos and uses them in such unique ways. And you get a, you just a, I mean, this is a, a Nicaraguan Puro. I don't even think we really even talked about that. Um, and you think of a Nicaraguan Puro to not have that Esteli kind of spice is there's so many good tobaccos coming out of Nicaragua from Contega and Jalapa. Um, I'm not a big Ometepe guy, but uh, it's got a unique flavor to it as well. But <clears throat> all these tobaccos, and you can get so many different uh, expressions from them, and, and Dion really does a phenomenal job of that. So if you haven't checked out Much Illusione, really uh, do yourself a favor. And even the core lines, and this, and even uh, Hot 10 is pretty much a core line now. You can find it. It's not hard to find, um, which is great. It's a phenomenal cigar, and you can find it just about anywhere that uh, carries Illusione stuff. So, uh, all right, we've gone over 50 minutes. This is officially our longest episode. Wow. Uh, ever i think so uh, we'll wrap it up but thanks for hanging with us and uh we really do appreciate your support out Absolutely. there in dojo nation um we'll be back next week with the letter i j j because we just did i <laughs> we'll be back with the letter j next week maybe it'll be the the jv 13 because it's actually that's what the cigar is called all right we'll see until next time. maybe not until next time thanks for uh hanging with us We'll be back with you guys next week when the Odyssey continues.